Good morning. Welcome to this edition of the Richard Urban Show. I'm your host, Richard Urban. Coming to you from Stork Harper's Ferry. We bring you news and views from God's point of view. Today, we're very happy to have Marianne Clayter on. She's running for auditor of West Virginia. So please introduce yourself. Oh, well, my name's Marianne Clayter, and I'm uh, the Democratic candidate for West Virginia State Auditor. And Happen to be the only candidate running for sale or actually has an accounting degree. <laughs> 22 years of experience as a real auditor and 30 years experience uh, in uh, governmental accounting. And I'm just, you know, so happy that uh, you've asked me, you know, to come on um, so that, you know, everybody can get to know, you know, our candidates. Absolutely. So did, did you work for the state auditor's office or where did you get your experience? I worked for the uh, West Virginia State Auditor's Office. Um, I resigned in 2014 because my son became uh, paralyzed from the neck down. Wow. And I made the decision that um, to take off so that I could take care of him. And during that time, though, I, you know, I started my own business and doing financial statements for local governments. Um, but he uh, he passed away in January um, after a you know long battle. But we were able to take care of him at home, and that's something I'm very proud that you know the Lord gave us that ability and the knowledge that we needed under the circumstances, so that we could spend you know as much quality time as we could and not have to put him in a facility. And that that was the main reason that I left the auditor's office because I didn't want to place him into a facility. Okay. Wow. Uh, that's beautiful. You could you could do the care from like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so about you know um, what we mentioned. You mentioned you know you've been um, an auditor for a while. Do you have other qualifications you want to talk about before we get into some other questions? Well, I, well, I have characteristics that really don't have anything to do with being an auditor. I mean, I'm a preacher. I, uh, do prison ministry and uh, nursing home ministry, which I haven't been able to, to do at this time. I have a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration with a concentration in accounting, and I have a master's degree is in religion. Um, okay. Uh, well, well, no, those are important <laughs> things. You need a lot of integrity <laughs> as auditor, right? <laughs> yeah. I think you do. Um, Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, I was looking into some of the things, you know, preparing for the program about the, um, some of the like West Virginia programs, uh, like the Mountaineer and the WV checkbook, things I hadn't really paid attention to, which I need to, um, about, and, and also like the purchasing card program, I noticed that was on the audit, state auditor's site. Could you like, um, what's the purpose of that? Is that a good program? the purchasing card program? So, um, Mr. Gaynor, uh, who was the former auditor, he, he started, uh, so we have the state program and we also have a local government program. And it, it, it has cut down on um, paperwork because they're able to make their purchases instead of issuing checks. But you got to make sure you have controls and you've got to make sure you have oversight in, in those areas. And one of the things that uh, 
a part of, of our fraud section, what they used to do was to do audits of those P card um, transactions. We have, you know, oversight within the office where they're just kind of, you know, looking at those things. But it's different than when you actually go out to look at the backup that's associated with a transaction that came through. You know, because, um, you know, Walmart, you know, you might see a transaction comes through from Walmart. Well, you know, that may be an okay transaction. Maybe they had to get some supplies or something. But if you actually go and you look at the invoice, then you would see that, oh, they didn't really buy supplies. They bought something else, you know? So, so you still need those eyes on actual supporting documentation. And I haven't been able to find since I left, you know, on the website, we used to always uh, post those audits of those P card uh, transactions online. And I, I, so I, I'm, I don't, I'm the type of person that I won't say, you know, oh, this has definitely not been done. And, and I'm not a tacky, you know, I have to look at myself in the mirror. Yeah, I lay out the facts and, you know, deficiencies. And that, that's the type of person that I am. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the way I run, I run my campaign. That's the way that I would like to see everybody across West Virginia, United States run their campaigns, you know, so we can uh, like really talk about the issues and, you know, talk about deficiencies that are going on in our government by not attacking a person's character, you know. Now I hear you. So with the purchasing card, or you call it a P card, I guess. Mm -hmm. Then, yeah. so you're saying that, like, if you use the check system, then they would automatically see the invoice, or not necessarily. Whereas with a purchasing card, you might just see, oh, Walmart, two hundred dollars, or that's not true. Is there, in no. other words, is there more detail with the old system, or or is something lacking? Like you say, maybe the new system, or or what? It, 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 as far as transparency and knowing what people spent money for and actually seeing an invoice, we are still lacking in that. And that was that is something that I would like to institute is that we shouldn't have to have our citizens do FOIAs to see what an actual expenditure consisted of other than, you know, the, you can see the description. Um, and plus, we spent hundreds of millions of dollars on the West Virginia Oasis program, and we need to hold those companies accountable for products that our citizens are purchasing. Because this is what we have to realize as citizens, is that we are purchasing these products, even though we haven't gave you know the approval for purchasing these products, but it is our money. So That's we true. have a right to know. So one of the things I would like to do uh, within the West Virginia Oasis is trying to confine some of the attributes of the checkbook with the Oasis, because it is b uh, better if we have uh, a centralized accounting systems and that the information that we are, it, you know, we are able to use the source information system um, to the best of its ability instead of extracting data and putting it into another program for people to see. If, uh, you Which it sounds like that. that's what the it, um, checkbook thing is, right? Or is yes, that like it, a, it's a kind of extracts system? the set. Yeah. yeah so what is the Oasis? I don't know what the Oasis is. Can you tell tell us? <laughs> okay, so they start. I think that started. 
I was already gone when they really got it going. And what some people may have known, okay, before we had this VISTA program where you can go and look up the expenditures. And then they decided we had uh, all these different financial accounting systems that different organizations, agencies were using. So they decided they wanted to do something centralized, which I believe, you know, is, you know, a, a positive move. Uh, we just need to go further with it and making it more transparent. So that that program, I can't think of what the name of it said, what the, <laughs> what's the acronym, I can't think right off. You know, that's kind of what's funny is when you get used to the acronym, then you forget what it actually stands for. Okay. So, so I can't So it's a more centralized like, accounting. All right. Yeah, it's like well, a centralized accounting system. And that's like, yeah, I was reading up about the Mountaineer and the WB checkbook. One thing I noticed, because I'm interested in, you know, local issues. I'm over here as, you know, in Jefferson County, and they're not yet on this. Um, the county, it says it's awaiting data for the checkbook program. Do you know anything about that? I see 12 counties have some data available, and the rest, I mean, are online, and the rest aren't. It says Jefferson is awaiting data. Can you give us any insight into what that means? See, what, and I would have taken a different approach on this too. Okay, so your information is, is only the transparency that we're seeing from local governments, it's only as good as the accounting records that are underneath. And like I had told you before, everybody has their own accounting system in local governments, um, primarily in government. I'm not for sure in Jefferson if they have CSSI, which is a company, or, so, or software systems, but the, mainly there's those main two primary ones. I would have probably taken a different approach in um, working with those software companies to say this is something that we would like to do um, so that entities can put their information out on their websites. Uh, the West Virginia Associations of Counties set up a basic website for each county, uh, you know, also for those who don't have that. It just has some basic information, you know, contact information. But a lot, most, most counties that can't afford, you know, a website, they have a website that they're active with. And, uh, and also, uh, they're required to publish financial statements uh, with the vendor information. So we already have some transparency at that level. It's extra work for the county clerks to extract this data out of their system in order for them to upload that into the Mountaineer checkbook. So that may be the issue um, that they're having. Some decided that they uh, left it up to their county clerks where in a lot of places they are already um, low on staff, so you're thinking, okay, anybody that wants this information, you know, they will give it to them. And with West Virginia, um, you know, everybody doesn't have internet, so everybody's not gonna be able to access it anyway. We need, you know, that's why they publish them in their newspapers uh, that the local people generally use and so that they can see that information. Yeah, so I, was, I you know, concept of both of them working together is, you know, a I good see. idea. Okay, so there might be a something issue of mm -hmm. some extra work there. 
So I was looking for the, like, um, I looked at Berkeley County, which is online, and it, okay. I couldn't find this, a Board of Education. Is that a whole different thing than the county? That's a, that's a separate entity. So we have, you know, Board of Education. The Board of Education has their own system, too. <laughs> and, and the thing about the Board of Education is they, uh, all Boards of Education have the same system. So in that capacity, we could have worked with them to develop something where they could, you know, publish, you know, online if we, you know, if we want, um, want it to be online. So is there, so um, is there any plan to get that into the checkbook or that's just excluded, the Board of Education? So it, it's up to each entity to provide that information. So everybody, you know, people would have to talk to them. And like I said, I don't know if it's such a big concern for our citizens. I really don't because if you're local to that area, you understand, you know, every year they see that they've published the vendors. Yeah. You know, well, over here, we're having a controversy right now. We've got this mega tax called the school excess levy, which like is uh -huh. three times the regular property tax. And uh -huh. um, personally, uh, yeah, that's really too much. Anyway, so recently, before the news, uh, one new school board member came on, they um, decided at the school board meeting to give everybody, not everybody, the, yeah, I think most all the administrative staff, not the teachers, raises. And still, like, as far as I know, two months later, they still haven't disclosed every single one of who got what. Would that kind of thing be helped by a more transparent system? Because we're definitely having or is that not the purview of the kind of system we're talking about? You know, I haven't looked at the individual trend because I have other ways to get my information on, on that West, on the Mountaineer, because the Mountaineer is the one that has to do with the local governments. And I would be very shocked if you would get the payroll information because they set some rules, I forget when it was, about even the publishing uh, they could do them in aggregate numbers. Oh, they just say like a, payroll three million, but they won't say yeah. what it's actually for. They you can know, break well, it that down. That makes by some just, sense, but but they should but disclose the, that. But some pay some people the paper will work a arrangement out where they'll say if you go ahead and publish everybody's individual names that's related to payroll, we won't charge you for that cost. And I haven't seen any that say, oh, well, no, we're not going to, you know, they usually go ahead and provide it. Mm -hmm. I see. Okay. So, but I'd to... have to check the pay. Um, so when you looked at other counties, um, did you see payroll information in the Mountaineer checkbook? Because see, usually that's I, I didn't look from real closely. I was just looking for the school board and noticed it wasn't there. I didn't notice payroll right offhand. It might have, I saw a lot of things like chunks of money for healthcare and things like that, but I didn't see a lot of detail. I mean, maybe I don't know how to use that site well. I mean, it, for a new person, it didn't seem like the easiest thing to figure out. But I mean, you can click on the chart and you see, oh, they spent 250000 for um, health insurance. That's about the detail you get, you know what I mean? I think that, that's and that's one of my complaints is that I've had is that I, our system needs to be user friendly mm -hmm. 
the West Virginia Oasis, the West Virginia Checkbook, you know, all that needs to be more user-friendly. We need to have a, a redesign of our website so that citizens can find information uh, more quickly. And also to uh, what I would like to do is kind of regionalize it. You still be able to see other areas, but sometimes you might want to just see your area. Like what you're mainly talking about is what's going on in the Eastern Panhandle. So you would be able to put your zip code in and information about the budget, you know, all of those type of things, the financial statements, the, um, the audit reports, you know, all of that stuff will be easily accessible. Uh, and, then, and then you don't have to be an accountant to use it. Cause I, I had this same issue cause I was sitting there thinking, I know where things are. And I, I've had somebody, especially with the charisma, you know, ask me questions about that. And I'd go to look and I would, I would think, you know, on things that I have a little bit of trouble with, I'm sitting there thinking, probably the average citizen is probably having, you know, more difficulty than I am because I'm used to navigating and looking, you know, for information, right. financial information. So that okay. is something that we need to fix. And another thing about local governments is that they generally have a different system for payroll than they have for, um, for vendor information. And I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't feel like what people were really were looking for, not that they were trying to hide any information, but they were probably thinking most people are concerned about those vendors and the people that were paying for services and not so much thinking about the payroll probably. Well, it does seem to be more geared toward vendors because I think the default view, the first thing that pops up is like they have pre-checked vendors. Yeah, payroll, I guess it's more sensitive. They don't really say. But for taxpayers, like, you know, if I don't know. To me, it's quite an issue. I'm definitely going to be talking about it more as election comes up because we've got this mm -hmm. mega tax on the so-called, I call it a mega tax, on the uh, ballot that's, you know, costing us three and four times the regular property tax. And then here they are voting themselves these pay raises, you know, like some people didn't even know they got the, or I guess the bonus, like they got $20,000 bonus. Well, heck, some workers, that's how much they get in a year, you know, doing manual labor, whatever. What the heck? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> one of my things is I feel like the people at the bottom that are actually doing work, <laughs> if you're in a position that can turn over, you know, every so many years based on administration, and not have the other person train you for a period of time. Sometimes I wonder about the need of those types of things. Uh, but that, that's just me. I'm more concerned about who is physically doing the work and producing that work for us, that they need to be properly compensated. And these political positions that just, you know, go yeah, based it, on who's in that's control. A good point. That so that will kind of segue into like, how would you? encourage as auditor how would you encourage let being less wasteful one thing someone's telling me who's in the federal government that like he works i think in the patent office say they had a budget say it was 20 million dollars or something and then the fiscal year is ending he said well you know if they find out oh gosh we got three million left instead of saying oh hey why don't we cut our budget three million they'll try to use it up for something i mean not maybe illegal but it seems kind of, do you know what I'm saying? How would you encourage, like, wouldn't the right thing to do would be saying, oh gosh, we could save taxpayers 3 million. 
hey, we'll tell him we don't need so much money next year. But apparently what happens, he tells me, and you would know this better being auditor, they try to use it up or something so they'll get the same amount next year. Do, do you, you know, could you talk about that kind of thing? Yes, they have a mindset that if I don't spend it, they're not going to give it back to me next year. So, yes, I have. I, I've seen people buy a whole bunch of pens and pencils and and it's not illegal. And I have always been a type of person when I audited, I would ask questions about things that I thought was unusual because it's hard. Everybody has a different definition of waste. So the this auditor really has, doesn't have power to, to stop waste in the sense of saying, uh, you can't buy that. Now, what they can do is shed a light. That's basically what we do. And so uh, as your next auditor, one of the approaches that I will take to at, at the state level is a lot of times we don't hear about things until something gets leaked. I think it's the auditor's responsibility that if there is something that comes up a little extravagant, you know, maybe not, don't Nick pit about, pick about things, but if it's something that is, you know, okay, like the couch thing, <laughs> you know. That, oh yeah, the Supreme if, Court if, justices, right. What's yeah, so things like that, you know, I, I feel like we, we need to let the public be aware and leave it up to the public to have the outcry that we need to do to get the changes made because I always told people when I was auditing, I would ask the question. So they were they were a little more weary about making certain purchases because I was asking and I would always say, if you do not feel comfortable going in front of a public meeting and asking to purchase these items, that let that be your litmus test to not purchase it or to purchase it. If you feel comfortable, you know, that oh, you know, everybody is gonna know about this purchase, you know, then then make it. But our hands are tied by the laws and uh, regulations of the state of West Virginia and federal as far as uh, our stopping a payment. You, you see, and, I, right. and, I'm not, and this is one thing I will tell you, I will not lie to anybody to get their vote to let them think that I have more power than I have that, to be able to stop, you know, stop a purchase that's it, because it, the purchase is legal. Extravagant, yes, but it's legal. So more transparency would be, I think, what you're saying. Hey, this is somebody purchased a couch for twenty thousand dollars the last week of the fiscal year, <laughs> or whatever, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and it's such a we as citizens, we have the power. They may want to think, make us believe that we don't, but we have the power through our votes. And through our voices, you know, throughout the year, because we tend to, um, and I know we are all so busy with our lives and the things that are going on in our lives that we don't always pay attention. Uh, but we have got to get to the point that, you know, we, we do pay more attention and try to get more involved in what's going on in our government so that we can stop it before it gets too out of hand. I think so. I think this whole, uh, like here, to me, that's a huge issue. The school tax thing. It was passed like in December five years ago, like less than 2,000 people voted for this mega tax. And like it literally jacks up your property tax like four times, like three times. So if say I owed $1,000 of property tax, well now because of the school tax is 3,000 and I think it's incredibly, you know. So this year though, a lot of people will be voting and we'll be on the November ballot. 
but I think that ex exemplifies the point. A lot of people were asleep at the wheel when that thing went through. But I think now they're probably more awake with the huge tax bills we've been getting here in property tax in Jefferson County. Well, it's the same thing with the road bond because that was a very, I can't remember the numbers, but it was very uh, low voter turnout. That's what makes people have to understand that you're letting a small number of people determine the outcome of governments by your staying home and not voting. Right. You know, just I, I wasn't really for the road bond because uh, I'm not for taxation that uh, increases to our most vulnerable, you know, because the workers, they had to pay more because West Virginia, our de demographics is, you know, it's different than other places. So, you know, you have people that are, you know, making minimum wage, barely able to take care of their families. And now you got to pay more to get to work. And then we saw, you know, it's supposed to be on lightning speed. <laughs> you know, the, oh, we need this bond so that we can get the roads fixed at lightning speed. And oh, then yeah. we're di we didn't get lightning speed to six. <laughs> and we're using COVID money for that, which is suspect. You know, not really that we're using that, that bond money. And then I didn't think of COVID money for what are you to, referring to? For roads? Well, uh, yeah. Did you not hear about him in the. <laughs> Sorry, I the missed governor, that. Tell me about, tell us about that real quick. Oh my goodness. The governor decided we were ha we have some COVID highways. And so he's going to use the CARES Act money for to fix the roads, which he's already started in Greenbrier County. Oh, Greenbrier, and what a coincidence. <laughs> Mr. with his uh, resort there. Anyway, go ahead. As you can well, tell, I'm not a big fan of Mr. Justice, but go ahead. <laughs> well, I and I, I believe we need, you know, and, and when the bond went through, you know, he was a Democrat at that time. And I did, I spoke out because I said, I, you know, I'm not for regressive taxes. And uh, that's what people need to know about me is I'm not I'm not just talking about this COVID money because I'm a Democrat and he's not a Republican. I would have talked about it anyway because that's the type of person I am. I don't care that's who's right. in party. Wrong is wrong. Right is right. You know, no matter who it is. Um, and you know, because I'm I'm getting a little tired of you know we're silent when it's on our team and we're both. No, I agree with you. Both team. parties play a lot of those good. Good old boy or good old girl, whatever they are, politics, you know. Yeah, so I don't like that. But, you know, the the uh, um, U.S. Treasury had put out some guidelines about this CARES money. And there is a, one of the questions relates to uh, econ improvements that you might make that are will bring economic development, uh, capital improvements. And it, it says generally no but you can use that money to do like um, temporary medical facilities because this is supposed to be related to the CARES. Our road problem isn't related to Right. The, you know, the Fed should pull, should blow the whistle on that. Yeah, I, yeah. Also don't, I don't care if he's a Republican Democrat. I mean, right. myself, I'm independent, but, you oh. know, um, I'm not our so-called non-affiliated. But seriously, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I agree with that. Well, um, probably covered a lot of things. Why why should the voters vote for you instead of Mr. 
McCuskey, what would differentiate you? Well, we have got to get to a point where we realize that we deserve the best that is available. And we have to start thinking of these positions that we we are hiring someone. And in your personal life, would you hire as an auditor a lawyer with a political communications degree? Or would you hire someone who's actually been an auditor that has accounting experience, has accounting degree? Because we are the employers. It is our money that pays those salaries. And I know we don't always, you know, we we argue a lot about the quality of candidates that we get. And when I first started talking about qualifications, people were like, well, no one will care about that. But I have not ran across one person that I have talked to when I tell them about our distinct differences in education that won't say, you know, that is right. That shouldn't have anything to do with party. It it should do with the qualifications of a person. But, you know, someone like me doesn't always have the funds, the political clout (laughs) that is necessary to be able to get the message out. So people don't even know that I exist pretty much, you know, just, oh, that bad Democrat's running for office or something, or, (laughs) you know what I'm saying, or. Yeah, so why is the auditor, I know there are other positions that's like the judges, judgeships were changed to nonpartisan, whether they really are or not, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to ask is, should the auditor be a nonpartisan position? Why is it a partisan position? You know what I mean? I have no idea why it is a partisan position, but you know, judges, you know, like you said, they used to be um, a partisan position. At some point, someone decided not to, but you know what I've discovered? in these last elections is although we do um, mark them as nonpartisan, we will know who they are based on attending meetings, um, based on the ads that get ran. They, they, yeah, or they might have been a legislator seat. before and then obviously they had a party, whatever. Yeah, but even in the advertising, it's, it's like they're sending a message to us who, which party they're associated with, uh, even <laughs> maybe subliminally, or you can just look and say, you know, whoever paid for that ad, you can, you know, discern right. what party the person is from. So I, 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 I am for us being independent, but I just don't think the way our political system is designed, especially when it comes to uh, campaign finance laws that, I think that party influence is still going to be, uh, they're going to try to influence it as much as, as they can based on which way the wind is blowing, you know, mm. is it blowing towards the, the Republicans or is it blowing towards the Democrats? You know, it's, it's always going to be manipulated in some fashion. Mm. So I don't okay. know if we get that impartiality that we would desire as citizens. Okay, well, thank you for coming on today. Any closing thoughts? Anything you just wanted to share in closing? Uh, And uh, I did want to mention that the auditor is the official bookkeeper for West Virginia, also the supervisor of public offices. And in that capacity, in the state level is where we are responsible for the expenditures that go out. 
you know, making sure they're in compliance. And then the local governments, we're responsible for audits of those local governments. So when we were talking about the school board, you know, county commissions, all the elected officials within those uh, offices. And uh, we're also responsible for uh, approving their bu the budgets of local governments. We have a lot more duties that we uh, we do in regards to local governments than we actually do, uh, you know, with the state level. And uh, currently, the audits are further behind under the uh, the current auditor. Uh, when you compare when the the former auditor went out, if you just look at the county governments, it was 11% behind, and now it's uh for that was like in 2016 if you look at 2014 he was about 11 percent behind okay. he always had a problem with the municipalities though but with the current auditor it is now like about 45 percent behind in that one category we have different you know the category audits. being counties yeah in 2018 yes and so if you look at the 2018 um so we need to be able to get in there and get those audits done. He, he does a lot, like I'm more proactive than I believe he is. And that's the difference I want people to understand because uh, one of my goals is that I will have visited within my first four years, each entity that we uh, audit and that to assess accounting needs because getting full transparency that only as good as the underlying records. So we need to be able to go in there and, you know, talk to the entities based on the resources that they have available so we can get everybody's books up to par. And my having the knowledge that I have, I won't have to send staff in to do that. I will be able to, you know, assess those needs and talk to people and understand what they're talking about. You know, I think that's the big thing. It's not, not to have to have somebody sitting beside you as a staff member because you don't understand the accounting information, which is something that I've garnered over, you know, through my education and through all the experience that I have. And so that's, that's one of the main reasons that I'm running for auditor, because it's about fixing the things that I know that need to be improved so that we all can work efficiently for the citizens, because that is what it's about. You know, I'm a citizen, you know, just, just because you run for office doesn't make you no longer be a citizen and have concerns. So, um, you know, and that people will be able to talk to me, uh, express their concerns, and uh, I'm the type of person that will, you know, follow up on the concerns of the citizens, because that's, it's not about getting elected in the next four years, it's about improving, and if you do a good job, that's when we should reelect people, when we, they do a good job, not just based on, you know, uh, other issues. I mean, that's just the way I feel. But uh, okay, that's me. <laughs> I'll, I'll agree. I'll agree. I'll agree with that. I vote for that idea. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, thank you so much for being on today. We'll put this up on podcast and the video, and I hope lots of people will uh, watch it on our. You know, they can also uh, find find this on our site, urbanlifetraining.org. We have it, and visionroot.org. So, um, and on any podcast platform, they're able to look for Richard Urban Show and they'll find your interview if you want to, you know, point people to hear it. And so I thank you again for um, coming on. I'm your host, Richard Urban. We're coming from historic Harpersbury, West Virginia. Do be blessed and we will see you next time.